Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 478. It's good to see you both. Yes. Hey, hi, hello. It's been, it's been a, a it's year. It's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. It's been since last year. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> it hurt. It hurt to say. Right? I can't believe you said it. Out of anyone, I thought I'd be the one that'd say that. And the face he made while doing it was the best part, and it makes me really sad that I didn't have my camera ready. <laughs> it was me, it. like, in pain. <laughs> But 2021 has been a year, so there's not much to say about this episode except for we're talking about some of our favorites. Mm -hmm. Go through in some movies, some TV shows, some comics. Yeah. Games, anime. Generally the things we talk about in this podcast. All the things we love that helped us survive. Yes. Uh, Horrible year part two. Focusing on the the, uh, positive. The positives of 2021. But not... COVID positives. Yes. <laughs> Be positive and COVID negative. So with that, grab a drink and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 478. What a year. believe it's the first recording of the year and possibly the last i mean who knows how 2022 will end up being it's already started out as a banger right we we didn't even get into 2022 and betty white was like i'm out yeah which is terrifying she literally would have turned 100 day. in January. Yeah, the and last she day was, of 2021, yeah. she was like, check Peace out. out, bitches. I'm and not you know doing she, 2022. You know she did. They're going to say, oh, you know, it was unexpected. But no, she peaced She out. offed herself. She went to bed and <laughs> Start just, that rumor. through sheer will, just said deuces <laughs> yeah. and went off to Well, heaven. she knows something that we don't know, and, <laughs> and that's where it's scary. And then Bob Saget died, yeah. which was sad. Uh, we were reminiscing uh, yesterday, some friends about uh, AFV, and it's like, you know, I don't want to be too much of an old guy and be like, before YouTube, blah, blah. <laughs> but that was, right? Yes. Before yeah. you had, before I didn't even have AOL yet, right? I didn't right. have a little disc with yeah. 400 hours on it or whatever. Well, he was, was he was the dad for a lot of people growing Dr. up. Tanner, yes. Danny Tanner. I feel bad for him, though, because he is funny in, like, an adult way. And, like, he really got shoehorned with AFV and Full House into, like, this kind of nice. He's a raunchy comedian. He is. Did you guys ever watch The Aristocrats? Oh, his. Yes. Oh, his my God. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> Everyone should go out and watch that in honor of Bob Saget. Fuck Full House or yeah. America's Funniest Home Videos. So that one, it, it hit hard just because, yes, I grew up Full House mm-hmm. and everything, and I saw uh, some posts from, like, Jody Sweeten and, and everyone from, you know, Full House, um, John Stamos and all of them, you know, saying, you know, it's sad and everything, and then I came across one of Bob Saget's last posts of saying how he just had fun at a comedy thing is getting back into touring. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, that was kind of gut-wrenching. And then you, you go back to is what you also said, too, of Betty White. She was like everyone's grandma. Like, mm-hmm. she was just always there. and She's always been old, like, our whole lives. Yeah. It's cr- she did the Golden Girls in 19... 19- in, like, the 80s. 80s? She yeah. was old in the 80s. 40 years ago, she yes. was the epitome of what an old, a classy old woman did. Yeah, I, uh, I saw something that's really cool. Most people would know this by now, but, like, she is very uh, big on 
equality and, and yes. everything and making sure that, you From know. From the beginning, too, right? She was not a product of her time. Yeah. In that sense. Right. And the, what, the Golden Palace or whatever the spinoff was. It was from, Golden Palace. Yes. And, yeah. And uh, is it Don Cheadle that was on it or, um, or it wasn't Don Cheadle, um, shoot, what's his name from SNL? One of the guys there, uh. No, Don Cheadle. I was, was going to say, Don yeah. Oh, Don Cheadle's on it, yeah. Are you, that, were you thinking of the guy that played the ladies' man on Saturday Night Live? Well, I couldn't remember who exactly Jim was Meadows. in. Oh yeah, Jim Meadows. But okay. <laughs> and how you know what happened on the first uh, day of the set, like her being well, white hair and and a white woman, and him being a dark skinned black man. That it wasn't contrasting on. It was like either he was a ghost or she was a ghost or he was just you couldn't see him. Oh. And so she ended up darkening her hair and wearing darker makeup so that the light of the cameras would mm-hmm. pick them up both. Yeah. She didn't even have to, she didn't get asked, she didn't do anything. She just, the next day, did it so that he could be, you know, properly filmed in scenes with her. And I'm just like, wow, that is really courageous and awesome. And that's just one of the many things that she's done. In connection to that, back to AFV too, that was one of the things we also talked about is back in the 90s of home videos you know anyone who had like an actual camera right the home cameras right now it's my phone right that's my home camera the home cameras back then look like what studio cameras look like now right they're like shoulder mounted and they had the brightest light bulb of all time on them and so you look at those AFV videos and everyone is like squinting into the camera because <laughs> yeah. the light's so bright and everyone's washed out so you're pale and it's like, why does the color suck so much? It's because you had like a 40,000 lumen bulb sitting on the top <laughs> yeah. of this bad boy blinding everybody. But Getting suntan while filming yeah, the show. Yeah, seriously. Oh man. So we have, yeah, the last year and then starting mm-hmm. this year and ultimately what we've decided to do is Kind of just go over a little bit of the last year. Uh, talk about some of our favorite TV shows, movies, comic books, anything and everything, video games, anime. The you know the world is our oyster. Mm. Find that pearl. Make that ne- make that necklace. Shit right now. I'll Take say that, that piece <laughs> of sand and just cover it with saliva over and over and over again until it's shiny. Uh, <laughs> and then charge people a lot of money for it. <laughs> So I think uh, first and foremost, uh, what we could start off with is comic book series. Yeah. For the last year, and and this was actually hard for me, and I know we already talked about it for both of you as well, because it felt like a long short year. It felt like a weird. Year. It was just. Well, I can't like right now. I look back, and if it didn't happen in like the winter or late fall. I'm like, was it it's 2020 gone. or yeah. 2021? I don't remember which year it was. Yep. I know it wasn't 2019. There's a hard line at the be- yeah. you know beginning of 2020, but I don't know which year. Right, it was. and in a in a time where like normally maybe we would go out and do things outside more, that <clears throat> kind of has been restricted. So we've been just consuming way more. Oh yeah. Content. And what we normally, I mean, let's not be unrealistic. We already consume a lot of content. (laughs) (laughs) More so, I would say. Um, For me, my favorite comic book series of the year, and it's still, I think it's going to be like this for a while, even though Hickman is leaving the series, but it was the X-Books. Everything X-Men, I have loved it to death. Just how much that it feels 
like its own thing within the Marvel world, but yet they they kind of show up on some of the other events. But like seriously, <clears throat> taking the scope of just the X Men and how wide that cast is, and just having so many books that just seem to be like you need to read them all to get the whole story. I know you don't necessarily like that because yeah, it drives me crazy, and I don't you know like. I love reading comic books, but also it, I need variety or else I get real tired of it real fast. So when I you mean, have that many books, was Ten of Swords this year or was that last year? That was last year. Okay. Uh, that this was year the last was time the, I really read it. Read the, it. Um, Mara- not Marauder's Ball, but the um, Gala. Oh, yeah. The Hellfire Gala. Yeah, Hellfire Gala. Gala. Yeah, and I read most of that, and that was good. Yeah. It's just it it's it to me it's following the curse of what X Men books have always done, which is have too many books. Yes, but they've always had too many books that were just doing their own thing and then right. they'd have the one crossover where it didn't feel like they were organically the same family. And like if I had to pick just one series, it'd be Hellions. It was by far one of the best hilarious uh, out of left field type books and they're all ending right now because Hickman's run is ending and so with the last Inferno book that just came out last week uh, his reign is done but thank god they're still going off in this whole same world um, well yeah what are they going to do blow it up I mean they did do that at the end of that one event where we thought they were well they... there, there's a big thing that happened in, in uh, the latest uh, Inferno so not going to spoil it for anyone but yeah, I, it's going to be interesting how they go forward in that. Uh, my second runner-up would be the Power Rangers. That has just been so good with creating the lore that I grew up with um, and just expanding on it. So, nice. I love both those series. I mean, I love, there's tons of other comic books that I love, but just picking top two that I've enjoyed reading this past year. Yeah, my top one is not going to be surprising to anyone who has listened to this podcast <laughs> it's um i really loved alice in leatherland i thought that book was it 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 was it spoke to my soul so much because it was equal parts very cutesy and equal parts like dirty <laughs> and i liked like i like to think that that's how i live my life <laughs> so that definitely was um one of my favorites this year. I've also really been enjoying May's book from Jeff Lemire and Crossover from Danny Co- Donnie Coates. It's a real good one. Gosh, I don't even know. So I was like look, thinking about it and I was like, yeah, there were a couple I really liked, but then again, I ran into the problem. I was like, crap, those are 2020. What did I read in 2021? <clears throat> the reality is, is I read a lot of novel books. Oh, that's true. Last year. Obviously, you know, I have my own little book corner from time to time. So I have options from there. Um, you know, I was really, I think it's because of D&D. I just went hard into fantasy in like every way I possibly could last year. Um, one, because of D&D, you know, that's part of it. But then just a lot of books. I was reading, you know, there's a couple of sci-fi books that, um, I read from Ban- Brandon Sanderson. So if anyone's in the sci-fi space would or fantasy space would know him, he wrote a, sci- a sci-fi book. It's kind of like a young adult book, but it was actually pretty good. A lot of times I read young. It's called uh, the one I read was Skyward. It's the second one of the two. Let's think there's a third one coming out, but it's weird for a fantasy author to dip into the uh, sci-fi world. 
and not have magic, right? Because magic, a lot of times, can be a real big crutch for, like, storytelling. You'd be like, oh, a new magic power. Well, you don't have new magic powers that can suddenly spawn off. You have to actually write a good story, so... It was pretty good, but I don't have I don't know about a lot of comics. I was gonna say I actually really like Destiny, but Destiny didn't come out last year, and I can't even remember if that I was read years it. Years ago, I think. Yeah, I can't even remember yeah. if it was last year that I read it or 2020, <laughs> but it stuck in my head. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I couldn't remember the name. It's the King Arthur one. Once in Future. Once in Future, but that came out might have been 2019. No, it came out in 2020 and finished this past year. Okay, so... So you gotta catch up and finish it. Yeah, well, they they did, like, the limited run, and then I only got, like... I read the the six Mm -hmm. of that, but I didn't get to read the... Because I thought that was it. I was like, oh, this was a cool concept, whatever. And then later on I found out, I was like, oh, come on! You just (laughs) kept it going. Why not just make it seven and just go right after six? But, so I'll probably catch up on those this year again i we were talking i didn't go out hardly at all and do anything i consumed a lot particularly digital media but i consumed a lot of media this year yeah and it's kind of blending into i think i may have consumed a lot of media in 2020 as well so it's I just all runs together yeah. at this point well then we will skip you on comic book stuff <laughs> and we'll definitely hit up uh you, Anthony, when we get to the, the movies and TV shows and all that jazz. Uh, did you have any surprise hits that just came out of nowhere that you really loved? I mean, obviously, you both you said two. Yeah, really I mean, obvi- Alice in Leatherland was kind of like, I don't even know that that would have been on my radar, except that if, for an intrepid writer who just decided to email us one day and have us read her book and now is like my best Italian friend ever. <laughs> not really. She's not, but she's great. You wish, I mean, you I would, would you totally would be like, oh my God. I mean, we basically are already. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so th- that was really nice. It, you know, I mean, there was, there was the Red Room that I read that was real gritty, Ed Pisker. What, and uh, I haven't been able to continue because it was one of those books that was so fucked up. Like, even for me, was so fucked up. I have to know what happens, what the whole purpose of the book is, because it is so fucked. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll keep reading that one. I just have to build to it. For me, uh, number one, just out of nowhere, it's uh, called The Scumbag from uh, Rick Remender and multiple artists. And this dude was a drugged out, pretty much almost homeless loser dude that accidentally got this serum that turned him like the knowledge of like a super spy and people wanting to get a hold of him and him just being a complete fucking gross asshole uh it's just been compelling just the the people that have come in uh to the series and everything uh it's great uh some honorable mentions uh was geiger remember that one i know you read the first one i did so the first uh six uh have concluded and uh it's still going to be going on but uh, it's about a, a dude, uh, Tariq, I believe his name yep. was, and uh, nuclear apocalypse happens. He had cancer, and he uh, got his family inside their shelter, and then he kind of became a uh, superhero, atomic uh, person. Yeah, like nu- the spirit. nuclear dude. Yeah, Duke and, Nukem. and there's a whole nuclear... <laughs> It was, I mean, kind of like uh, Beyond the Thunderdome-ish a little bit. Oh, and stuff. for sure, yeah. 
And then I also love The Nice House on the Lake by James Tinian. The Nice House on the Lake? That, you, have you talked about this during the podcast? Yeah, uh, talked about the first two issues. Did you? Yeah. I must have blocked you out. Did you read that? I did not. Oh. But it sounds like something I would read. It was... Just uh, <laughs> based on the title. It was these people that got invited by um, this person, uh, Walter, in his cabin. And these people all went there. Uh, it started off, I didn't know it was going to turn into kind of like a horror-type comic book but it seemed kind of like a game show yes and <laughs> these people are all in there don't know why but then they're in there because they were saved from this apocalypse that happened on the outside world and oh and then it sounds like an american horror story plot <laughs> so those were my uh, cool. surprise hits out of nowhere out of nowhere now i don't want you to keep picking your same books Okay. Can you think of a good storyline that doesn't have to be within the books that you've already picked and talked about? Oh, I know, but it is because it's from Crossover. <laughs> okay. Um, so Crossover, for just as a refresher, um, starts with the superhero comic book world coming into the real world in, like, Colorado, and then they end up putting a dome over it. So there's the existence of fictional comic book characters in the same world as as people and you can tell that they're fictional characters because they have like the dots right like in the old comic books for the coloring it would mm -hmm. just be the whatever you call those anyway the dot matrix printing yeah, yeah. so it got it started it's started to get really sort of not meta's not the right word but in the last couple of issues the issue of comic book writers dying has come up. So somebody's hunting and killing comic book writers in like oh yeah in yep. the world. And one of them was Chip Zdarsky and he wrote a whole issue of him him trying to get away from whoever was trying to kill him. Mm -hmm. And then you realize that and then a whole issue later you find out that this government agency has their secret weapon locked up in the cage who can tell them what's going to happen next. And it's it's Donnie Coates who writes the book. He's written himself into his own book. So I love it when things get real referential like that. <clears throat> so it's been interesting. I think it's nice, too, because in the where we're at as far as like media in general, it's hard. I mean... We've been, I think we've been struggling with it. It's hard to get any original stories, right? Mm -hmm. And not just like, oh, another Spider-Man or another you know, superhero or another whatever it is. Another story, Saint, we've heard this before. Just in general, people have consumed a lot of it, right? And so to have it, it's nice when you can get a little bit of an original story that yeah. has a twist. that Because yeah. superheroes coming into the real world, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger did a movie about it. So <laughs> Last Action Hero or whatever it was. It's like, so it's been done before, right? But yeah. if you can put an original spin on it it's always refreshing and i keep saying coats but it's kates <clears throat> donny kates i don't know why you didn't why didn't you correct me because i was gonna just let you uh <laughs> keep making your mistakes so that, like, uh, let you slander his name on the, no, yeah. you know. no i was recording on my phone so that next time you yell at me for making a mistake i'll just hit play <laughs> what do you want to transition to that <laughs> tony's <laughs> tony's, tony's no, not, <laughs> not yet I still gotta say my favorite storyline. Oh, I'm just which so concerned about your words. Mostly recently came out, uh, the Dark Knights of Steel. This is the Batman, Superman, oh, pretty much DC universe, 
in old medieval times. Yep. And holy shit, man. It's uh, written by Tom Taylor, um, <laughs> art by Yasmin uh, Putri. It's fucking just... Oh, because it, it's got fantasy adventure, but yet super-powered people, and it just it works so perfectly. And I'm sure there's probably been something like this before, but this... It feels different, and so I'm out of all the like. I, again, I've loved all Hickman's X books, and they finally come to an end and everything. But like, this just was like something out of left field. Also, that I just was like, this is such a cool storyline. And my backup for that is Planet X, which I think you read that from yes. the Hellfire Gala. Planet sized the... X. Yes. Yes. But I mean. X, planet-sized X-Men. Yes. Instead of giant-sized X-Men. Yep. Yes. Where they pretty much made Mars their new planet, yep. which was like, what the fuck's going on? Right. That was just... The the art in that one um, was just amazing. And, and just how it was written with, again, what Hickman did with making these mutants, like, synergy with their powers and how making Mars livable mm-hmm. was crazy anthony for you for a storyline why don't you pick D? what's your favorite storyline so far <laughs> in like our campaigns or yeah. i don't know or just anything what yeah well i think in uh D, we have had some conversations about it uh the last couple days about like characters and uh, little things i've been dming for 20 most of 2021 right so we started a campaign in 2020 we kind of transitioned i took over 2021 in the summer i think it was like early summer or something like that maybe um and so i started doing that and i say in general i'll just say the opening right so in most D campaigns you start off with your everyone's in a tavern for some reason your adventures have brought you to a tavern and you meet each other and then now you go on an adventure right and it's very un- it's not really creative but you need a reason for everybody right. in the same spot yeah but um, I don't know what you guys are. You the prison pal? What is your your team name? Do you have it? The milkmen has been one name. You guys have used the prison pals as another one. Um, uh, Panzers, passed around boys. I don't remember. What, I mean, <laughs> passed around. Yeah, boys? and there's a lot of like subplots, but yeah. Um, the the Can't original the original starting point for this the call to action as I say. Uh, is that every character was in prison and because we're continuing in the same world that our previous campaign was, there was a prison break that other characters instigated and these characters used it as a distraction uh, in order to escape. So it was a fun... I think that's continuity. a very clever... Yeah, it's very clever. Uh, it turned out to be a little bit more of a hassle afterwards because how do you get six prison inmates to want to go do the same thing when they all have right. like revenge plots and yeah, yeah, things yeah. they want to pursue solo um so that was and a I, bit I would imagine that they all made it really easy for you to just kind of work through that oh story. god i wish <laughs> <laughs> they go, didn't bring up any sort of loopholes no, or like i will say that <laughs> going forward i will ask from now on did you make a character that has a reason to want to go on a quest with other people <laughs> I did not ask that. No, I just wanted to be a farmer. From now on, I will ask that question because every single person, as soon as they got back to like land from the, the it was like on a, prison was on an island. As soon as they got back to land, they immediately were like, "I'm gonna go my own way." And they went, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was just like, "Ugh." You guys know what game you're playing, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
shortest campaign ever. Well, everyone's everyone's the protagonist, right? So they're expecting everyone will follow me, and then they all go their own direction, and no one follows them. So um, I did basically had to kidnap them. Ah. I used uh, Deus Ex Machina and introduced a character that was capable of kidnapping all of them, and there was nothing they could do about it. So forced labor was the alternative for, unfortunately, the recently no longer imprisoned had to go into forced labor. Ah. So. And make them some sort of like they didn't form a gang while they were in the prison prior to No, they're like mercenaries for hire. That you know, I, I bribed them. I said the information you're looking for yeah. I'll give to you in exchange for your service. And I gave them all as a DM, I gave them all dragon eggs recently. So I mean oh, that's pretty cool, right? That is nice. We've been playing Dungeons and Dragons. We haven't had a single dragon yeah. in two years. It what's felt the, wrong. What's the smallest dragon that there is? Oh, there's a fairy dragon. Yeah. Those are, those I think I know cute. what one you you should have. Oh, what? <laughs> the fairy dragon? Fairy dragon. <laughs> Why? Because I don't know anybody I'm a else. Nec- I'm a necromancer. <laughs> I feel like I should have a Draco lich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. There's undead dragons. Yep. They released a dragon book this year. So, you know, maybe my favorite book of the year. Who knows? But it, it added a lot of really cool storylines. <laughs> I like how you set up your own sort of like. <laughs> maybe it'll soon. be. <laughs> We're going on to the next topic because we are sponsor me D and D Beyond. Talk about D and D and favorite parts of it. I think my one of my favorite was when we got into the discussion. I saw it on Reddit at first, but we brought it up of do uh, the Yuanti have tits? So a Yuanti, which is Tony's character's race, okay. is a snake human hybrid, and they can transition from more snake like to more human like. There's a there's a range. Okay. Now, his character's more human like. It's got skin but it looks kind of scaly and he's got you know snake eyes that's it as far as the snake features but there's a conversation well if they're mostly human the females probably have titties but now on the internet there's a conversation because why would they snakes don't milk right that's what i was just gonna say yeah so you wouldn't have mammary glands almost split reddit in half i guess it depends on whether their reproductive organs are human or snake I mean, now I did look it up, and there are snakes who do milk in a way, not in titty way, though. So, not in titty not way. Not in titty way. <laughs> like the end of their tail? Well, it's like they produce milk internally because they uh, deliver live birth. Right? Uh, snakes deliver live birth. They don't have eggs in this traditional way. Weird, scaly mammals, then? I, I think they have <laughs> eggs that hatch inside of them and then milk in them and then okay. they leave. Weird. It's kind of like a kangaroo snake thing going yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, that you should drop weird. that knowledge Terrifying. next time we play D&D. <laughs> <laughs> that you have a bunch of baby snakes. Are you all of a sudden, are you a female character? No. We, no. Could, do the sea, well, we could do the seahorse style. And oh, where the males this carry? this species of UNT, <laughs> the uh, males carry the babies. And then all of a sudden in the middle of the night, he just starts giving birth unknowingly. <laughs> And shooting milk out of his yeah. mammary oh, glands. My real nipples. <laughs> I'd look at them as like, they will grow up to be my army, and if they die, they'll still be my army because I'm a necromancer. So Yeah. Oh, um, an army of your undead children? Why not? It's poetic. It's terrifying. I mean, it's a dark poem, but yeah. it's poetic. <laughs> uh, you have a favorite artist of this year? Because I have a couple, but my favorite is Pepe Larez. He did so many of the X books. Ah. Um, really, his his art's perfect for X Men. He did a lot mm-hmm. of the covers, so pick up one, and it's probably his. Um, I found, yeah, I don't know, his art just amazing. But uh, I also thought uh, Dan Mora, 
who did Once in Future. Um, he's also did uh, some Power Rangers. Uh, loved his work on uh, Kloss when he oh, did yep. that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, he's just an amazing artist. And then uh, honorable mention, Sophie Campbell. She's been doing some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, she was on um, Gem and the Holograms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's good. Yeah, very colorful and... So those were, uh, yeah, some art that I loved over the past year. So I've been obsessed with Peach Momoko. Oh, yeah. She is... She just forgot about Oh, her. my God. Talk about just having a, a, a banger year for her. She's done a cover for every single fucking comic book that's been published this year, I feel like. Plus, her art is just real good. I... Mel sent me a... Uh, page that she had done like hey you should buy this because it was Jean Grey and it was like right before she really blew up and I was like no I don't want to go through I don't want to like contact her and go through all that shit someone will buy it who really wants it and then I was like fuck (laughs) you regret that decision now (laughs) so um, but I also I have Elisa Romboli who's you know my the other half of my dynamic duo from this year she was on Alice in Motherland um but I also am going to shout out um oh what's her name Mirka Mirka Andolfo oh yeah so she was doing she's doing the Sweet Paprika book she's the writer and the artist yeah I do like her yeah, art style too she did Unsacred which I think yep. you've been reading it's just it. Again, what's one of those things where it's super cute, but like, oh my god, there's so many tits. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> horny as hell. <laughs> Which I think people are really starting to learn something about me in this podcast. <laughs> I can't think of any other kind of categories for last year in comic books, so I those mean, are like kind a, of all that you know, I had. Writer uh, kind of goes along with storyline like, story and, yeah. and stuff like that. I yeah. can actually give you an artist, and this was... it. Not necessarily comics. It was from Grand Rapids Comic Con, so it stood out to me when we went there this year. Um, and there was an artist that was had an exhibit, um, and she did a lot of like comics and nerd culture stuff in an Aztec style. And so, oh, uh, I think I know. Sita, I, I think it's Sita Navas is her name. She's from Norton Shores, oh. Michigan, and she. Um, I'll, I can pull up. She's got got an Etsy. It's called. Uh, retro nerd studio, so that's kind of like, and they've got like all kinds of products that are, you know, these these cool pictures of, uh, they've got Pokemon, Dragon oh, Ball yeah. Z. I saw, um, all you know, bunch of different comics, superheroes, and things like that, Super all in that cool. kind of blocky uh, style. That was pretty cool. That was nice to see. I met this guy that had this Winnie the Pooh stuff at uh, <laughs> Comic Con. Oh, that guy. Some Dino or Dave? Or Doug. Dave? Yeah, Doug. Doug. It was Doug. Yeah, Doug yeah. Doherty. Doug Duggerty. <laughs> yeah. Doug Dannerty. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's get into some things that uh, Anthony can uh, talk about. Are you talking about what I literally spent all of my free time last in a, for an entire year doing which yes. is basically anime and video games yes well i mean i was gonna say other movies, movies and stuff too Various. periodically actually i didn't really watch a lot of movies all, pretty much all the movies i saw we went and saw at the theaters i don't think i saw any that you didn't stay at home and watch any the matrix 
and boy, what a poop storm that was. Well, that's why I wasn't going to mention it. Uh, but are we going to have a, a worst list? No, um, only positivity. Oh, only positivity. Yes, it was positively the worst. So, <laughs> um, well, I guess we could do movies first, and then go yeah. into some TV shows. So we'll do overall movie last from all the categories, but. Uh, what was your favorite comedy of this past year? Comedy. I didn't prepare for that question. <laughs> what, prepare? What are you talking about? We're just coming out of these things out of our ass. <laughs> it's all. You know what? I do have a comedy. Don't look up. That was a great movie. Mm-hmm. That was a great movie. It wasn't a comedy. That was a documentary. It was a. Do- uh, <laughs> Well, uh, you know, in the vein of Idiocracy, the difference being Idiocracy was prophetic. Don't Look Up is much more of a time yep. thing, yeah. Reflective. Um, for me, it was funny and also like funny in a way where you felt sad. You're laughing while you're cr- yes. crying, and it's, you're not crying because you're laughing. Right. Yeah. For me, I, I think it's Free Guy. It mm. was a movie that I was diehard looking to see before everything shut down and then they postponed it multiple times i even called the 1-800 number on a thing (laughs) i talked about it on the podcast years ago ages ago now um so that was my favorite of all uh definitely watch it if you get a chance uh some honorable mentions though 8-bit christmas uh with neil patrick harris on hbo that was just it was a good movie it, you know, it was, I would say it's more family than comedy, but I laughed quite a bit because there's mm-hmm. some hijinks in it. Uh, Coming to America, not a lot of people liked it, but I had also just in preparing for it to come out watched the original Coming to America, so I got a lot more of the reference and jokes that they redid within the new. I would movie. say so that's potentially a, an issue you could have, right? That movie came out thirty years ago plus, right? So, what do you remember from a movie you might have seen? 20 years ago so it's nice to get a little refresher probably gives you a lot of those inside jokes and then uh but i also uh probably tied for first just because it came out of left field it's called vacation friends with john cena uh, i it, think i saw that one did you see it or no what no he is fucking hilarious john and cena it, i will get i will see you that john cena movie and raise you suicide squad because I think he was funny in that movie. Yes. That, you know, <laughs> a, a great comedy. Are it gonna, was a great comedy. Was I will, that 2020? I will, that was 2021. What? <laughs> the yeah, Suicide Squad was 2021. Are you talking about the original? No. Oh, yeah. The, no, the, the good one. one. Yeah. The good yeah. one. Uh, I will lay that down for my favorite comedy of the year, for sure. It's Because it's not going to be my favorite comic book movie. <laughs> Uh, watch Vacation Friends though I thought this movie was going to go in a whole different direction just with how they portrayed the characters but it was amazing and I laughed my ass off so that was uh, good Uh, what about sci-fi movie um let me get my list back up here Dune is up there. Dune is up there. Um, I do think that Dune, for like something like a f- best, suffers a little bit just by the nature that it's not complete. Right, it's nice yeah. to have that ending. We'll get a second and it'll be amazing. But it was but, epic. But it was though. very good. I mean, and it did a great job of reflecting the scale, right? I think that's what we reviewed the original. <laughs> yeah. And 
it moves so freaking fast right and there's no scale of time there's no scale of like size that we're literally on multiple planets these houses are you know planet spanning organizations they don't really establish that in the first one the second one they do a lot better job on it um i my favorite and it's it's just so fucking good. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> I still. It was really good. It's on my list. I still get teary eyed. Oh my thinking god! About it. I cried the whole movie, and that's why when I texted you because I act, it's the only movie that I actually saw before you this, this year, <laughs> <laughs> and you hadn't seen it yet. I I think I texted you. I literally cried the whole time. Mm-hmm. I think I, you know I went in ex- excited about it because I really like the originals, right? The, or the yeah. original two, but. Um, I wasn't going in. I think it was a very unique state. It reminded me a lot of how I went into Guardians of the Galaxy the first time. I was like, there's no expectation we have. Because, right, you look at the previews of Guardians of the Galaxy, you're not familiar with the team. You're like, okay, this is weird. Vin Diesel's a rat, you know, a tree. And, you got <laughs> and what, you know, what is all this? Um, and you just kind of walked out feeling like you had a lot of fun. That's the exact same feeling I got in Ghostbusters. And, like, we were laughing. There was not, there, the theater was fairly empty. There was only maybe a dozen people, and half of them were our group. And it was just, we were laughing the whole time. It was just a really fun experience. And then, you know, if you're a fan of the originals, you got all those little yeah, you nuggets. You put it in comedy, too, I think. But I feel it fits a little bit more sci-fi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's ghosts. It definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> I think two honorable mentions. Well, one honorable mention: uh, Godzilla versus Kong, which I forgot came out this past that year. That was on my list too. Whoa. I because a lot of people gave that movie shit, but fuck. It did exactly what it's supposed to do. It did exactly what it Giant said it was going to do. Fighting yes. in the like, I could just watch that. <laughs> That's what, like for hours. Yes. I, who cares with? Who care? I don't even remember what the they fucking yeah. storyline <laughs> of the movie was, but they it didn't doesn't even matter. Give the like they the characters. They gave them just enough screen time to give the viewer a reason for why is Kong or Godzilla in this new place. Right. That's all it was. It was like, we need to get Kong and Godzilla to yes. Asia for some reason to fight Mecha Godzilla. And it was like, okay, how do we do that? Make the kids do it. And then that was it. That's all they had, <laughs> yep. right? Yep. <laughs> uh, one, though, I want to honorably mention it, but like, also I feel like it doesn't deserve to be on uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, because uh, I had such fun time it was one of the first uh, our buddies all got together guys night to watch it because it was one of the first movies that came out after people got vaccinated and everything so we kind of were able to sit down and Mm -hmm. and watch it together so for me it's got a special place in my heart it was not good even here's the thing though we did rewind a scene because we wanted to see it again yeah (laughs) Right? So just that fact. The fighting in that movie was top notch. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's just, just not li- as exciting <laughs> as Godzilla versus King Kong. <laughs> yeah. I'd agree. But I'd give it an honorable mention. It, it was good enough. Yeah. And, I mean, it's kind of interesting how I would say, oh, Godzilla versus Kong did exactly what I wanted. And Mortal Kombat, I can't give it the same, like, room because I'm like... <laughs> I expected a story a little bit right. out of it, and I would that did not deliver. No, but the combat was dope. You have any others that you can? Yeah, I had Mitchell's versus the Machines on my list. Oh, really? That was a great good. fucking movie. I I liked yeah. it a lot, and you know I don't have I don't watch too many animated movies anymore because it's it feels weird sometimes without a kid that's watching it with uh-huh. you. Um, but I made a point to watch that one 
It was really, really good. Uh, I didn't. I haven't ever actually seen it, but when I'm looking for like, all right, what sci-fi or what different movies that came out, uh, there apparently was one called Ape versus Monster. <laughs> and it's obviously like they're oh, trying their to. B-list? It's one of those like B lists that tries to. Yes. Uh, Mac, was it Mac the, Busters? Like the they call them movies. Yeah. The um uh when I worked at Hollywood Video back in high school. I loved seeing people come up and bring the movie, oh, and they'd be like smart asses, be like, "I know what I'm getting." It's like the movies in theaters. This is not the right one, right? Pirates, the softcore porno. Yes, 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 yes. It yes, has yes, two yes, versions, yes. right? Yes. That came out when Pirates of the Caribbean. I'm like, you know, this isn't the Johnny yeah. Depp. Like, and they would go home and get angry, and I'm like, <laughs> my favorite scene uh, at at Blockbuster that I I was like, this is not fucking it. Transmorphers. Ah. Yes. <laughs> but they made the font and everything look like it was Transformers. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. But you just have to read the whole title. But some grandma would be watching the kids thinking, oh, they're going to be happy For to sure. Watch. For sure. Movie. It still um, happened till all of the video stores went away. Un- unfortunately, 8 vs. Monster doesn't have any Rotten Tomato reviews. It does have a 2.1 IMDb. So, you know. Maybe we'll have to watch it just to <laughs> make the first review on Rotten You Tomatoes. said 8 versus Monster? That's it. And it has a giant Godzilla-looking monster versus a giant ape-looking head as the... Oh, it's uh, The Asylum. So it is, it's the, it's the same company. Okay. The Asylum does yeah. all of these. They're the ones who did Transmorphers. You can tell because the font on the box is exactly the same. <laughs> it's that Fast and Furious font. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was a good movie that came out. Kind of. I mean, I I got a soft they spot for this. Yes, that that's the part that really pisses me off. But also, they told us they were gonna do it without telling us they were gonna do it, and then they did it. Yeah. They delivered. So uh, I guess overall, what was your favorite movie of the year? Oh, The French Dispatch for sure. <laughs> well, I guess we forgot kind of comic book movies. Yeah. What's your favorite comic book movies? Um. Well, Shang Chi was tits. That was probably my favorite. Yes. I mean, listen, yeah, Spider Man obviously I mean, was the best Spider-Man, fucking but... comic book movie of the year. Do I? Do we even have to say that? Like, well, I know, feel like that's a given. I'll play devil's advocate in this, right? Because I really loved it, and I do think it's amazing. But I, you shut your whore mouth. There's no but. <laughs> but I think where Shang Chi excelled is it stood on its own. And Spider-Man is banking on a decade plus. Oh, that's why it was so good, films though. Films and nostalgia, right? That's why so it was so you, good. That's the thing is you got the nostalgia fact. Yeah. Kudos to Shang Chi for just coming out of nowhere and delivering an excellent movie that wasn't like, uh, oh, it's an all Asian cast, and so it's like you know virtue signaling. It was no, it was just really good movie, appropriate casting. It was the right people. Yeah. And all the actors did an amazing job, but. Yeah, that was my number two, and I think third, uh, Suicide Squad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was really good. But I was surprised how good that was, to be honest. Not yeah. even just because of the previous one. I was like, hey, you know what? Eh, I get it. You know, it's a weird, they're kooky. I've liked the animated ones that they've done pretty well, and then it came out, I was like, wow, this is actually, it was lighthearted enough yeah. that it was actually fun to watch and not just depressing. Well, thanks, James Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> So you said your overall for the year is The French Connection? The French Dispatch? Oh. By Wes Anderson. It's a Wes Anderson movie. Okay. It doesn't really qualify under... I mean, I guess it could be considered a comedy if you think Wes Anderson movies are funny (laughs) in that dry sort of hipster sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I just love Wes Anderson movies, and this one was excellent. I don't... 
I I'm not saying that his movies are bad. I just don't get them sometimes. Yeah. They are That's Wes a, Anderson they movies. They are. They're very Wes Anderson-y. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. So I don't know if the, what this will qualify under. So Bo Burnham did a comedy oh, special, and, oh, and it's not really a TV show. I would maybe was, qualify it more as like a. I thought it was like a movie. Yeah. yeah. So that special. that it's one. A special. I mean, it's yeah. a feature film special. Hands yeah. down. Not necessarily my favorite thing, but I think the thing that made me feel the most things that weren't like, oh my god, there's three Spider-Mans on screen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm it's the old <laughs> um, I think that if anybody asked me, what are your feelings on the COVID pandemic, I would say watch Inside yes. and then watch Don't Look Up, and that'll give you what I feel. Yep. Right? Also... Sure. I'm Jennifer Lawrence's character. Just to clarify, <laughs> you know, I'm not Jonah Hill in this. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence's character. Um, that would get, and that's why I loved Inside. And I, I missed it. Right, it came out, and everyone, people were talking about it for a bit, and I was like, I like Bo Burnham stuff a lot. So I was like, all right, I'll check it out. And it was like really weird at the beginning, and I was like, maybe I should have got high for this. <laughs> but then I got like entranced, and I was yeah. like actually paying attention to his lyrics and the different songs, and I was mm-hmm. like. Wow, this is like giving me emotions. A comedy special. It's a real thing he did. Yeah, for sure. Like I think that it's something that will go down in history as like an important piece of art. Yeah, you know. Well, that's because yeah, because there wasn't a lot of people doing things, and there wasn't comedy, and no one was really making comedy of it. And now they have a bit or two, but yeah, that was a whole fucking what? Yep. Two hour, hour and a half, two hour thing that yeah. he did. Yeah. Um, so going into, we're done with movies. Did you guys have your favorite movies of the year? Oh, I mean, no, I mean Ghostbusters. 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 What was that, Tony? <laughs> the Ghostbusters. You're saying it? <laughs> um, gosh, I don't know. I would probably say the one that stuck with me the most, I mean, honestly, probably it would be Spider-Man. I think recently, I really did enjoy Shang-Chi a lot, but I was a big original Spider-Man fan. I watched the, those original three mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. Even dancing Spider-Man, I was okay with, right? <laughs> so uh, I think that was really good. But I will say, honorable mention would be Ghostbusters, just because I like being able to walk out of a movie and just feel really good about having seen that movie. Right. right? Don't necessarily have to think a whole lot about it. Just feel warm inside about what I just watched, so. Um, what about TV series? I, this one, so I, I narrowed it down to comic book centric movie or TV shows. And I also have sci-fi shows because if I broadened that, my brain can't even conceive of. I mean, mine are pretty much mostly comic book, uh, centric. There's a couple that aren't, but. So, for do you want to start with comic book centric sure. movie? T- oh no, this is movies TV, and TV, TV series. So on the top of my list is Invincible. Ooh. I thought that show <clears throat> even more that, than Wandavision in cartoons, but we'll oh. do that later. <laughs> <laughs> even more than Wandavision, I think I just really loved Invincible a lot. Um, and then of course Wandavision honorable mentions would be Loki and Hitmonkey. Which oh, was I great. Forget, I keep forgetting to finish that. It was so I'm halfway good. through and it is really it's good. A really good show. Um, I had Loki, uh, just 
because reasons. Uh, I love Loki. He's obsessed with Loki. <laughs> but uh, tied with Loki, though, is... And I guess, well, if you want to do... If we're just going to do comic books, then I'll just stay at that because then I can use this as that. Okay. Um, but I also, out of all the, the shows that have come out, though, too, Hawkeye just killed it, it for what it was. It wasn't as big as Loki or WandaVision. It just was perfect for what it was, and I really enjoyed that. I I would say that I really appreciated Hawkeye's isolation from everything, right? I, I like it when there's at least some Marvel content that isn't a pivotal, you know, a pivotal moment in the MCU where this stone gets here or that, you know, this character dies or this character, you know, was created. It was just you know, kind of a buddy cop almost adventure, and I like the fact that it was just isolated. I could watch it through. You're like, ooh, cool characters I remember, right? You know, spoiler alert: um, Fisk is there, and it's like, oh, I remember him, and you know, and then that even ties into Spider-Man, right? So you can make the connections. But mm-hmm. I just like that it was it was isolated. I would probably pick One Division though for the year. Um, just watching it, the introduction of that character I think it was just done really well like her true form as the Scarlet Witch I feel like that was the first show in a long time that had water cooler moments like even though not not a lot of us were even back to work there's a lot of people online just being like what the fuck's going on Mm -hmm. what is going and then then Mm -hmm. there's like doubly like what the fuck did just yeah Yeah. that was really cool Uh, I also want to mention Doom Patrol too that show, oh, the third season, yeah, yeah, that show is so great. It is. I have to finish the third season. Um, so really you have good. sci-fi. Oh my god! What? Did Sweet Tooth come out? This oh last yeah, it did too? come out this last summer. All right, fuck. I mean, I think WandaVision has to get moved down to third. <laughs> I really loved that WandaVision. Really but good. Sweet Tooth was so good. All right, sorry. Okay, what was the next topic? <laughs> you said you had sci-fi shows. On? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the Squid Game was uh, number one on mine. That show was awesome. But I also had Raised by Wolves on there, which is a good fucking show. That was awesomely ended weird, but made me want to be like, what the hell is going on? It's compelling. And The Nevers. That's what I was was going to say. I had that tied for, like, just TV series overall. That... It it, was... I I mean, it's comic book-y because they have powers, and I don't know what's going on in there either. But such a good cast, such right. a good show. Um, Do you have any sci-fi shows? I mean, I'll, I'll count fantasy in this because I, I don't think there's a whole yeah. lot of fantasy. But Witcher two, Witcher season two, one is also comes again nostalgia, right? I've mm-hmm. uh, I've re- I've read up on like some of the book stuff. I've never read the books, um, but I played a lot of Witcher three, which covers kind of the end of the books a little bit and where season two went into is Witcher 3 introduces the wild hunt and stuff like that so I just love you know that and the delivery of the characters is so appropriate to what they've been in the other media and I'm assuming a lot of that is because of Cavill's love for the show and likely him critiquing his fellow actors on set you know being like no this character does this and this that kind of thing the delivery was just great and so I was a big fan of the of the series it's always nice when someone doesn't screw up, you know, the thing you like. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. So this doesn't count sci-fi, but I, I that's why I kind of just did TV series. But technically it came out December 31st, <laughs> but Cobra Kai season four. Oh. 
that's that show is just how they made it this far. Like, it sounded really dumb. Like, okay, you're gonna have a series on this, and it's gonna be four seasons, and it's compelling still. Mm-hmm. Like the way this season ended too, I thought it was uh, the way that it was written and getting towards the end that it was gonna be the end of the show. But no, they're already playing on a fifth season, and I could see that possibly being the final, you know, battle. But really, it's just been so written so well. It's really good if you have ever just had an inkling of what happened in The Karate Kid, you'll enjoy this show. If you haven't, I think you could still enjoy the show, but you're definitely going to get more out of it just knowing, you know, the the things versus Danny and Johnny and, and going from there. Mm. Um, Nostalgia is a hell of a pill. Yeah. Uh, I guess from all those pick a favorite show out of out of all of the ones we just mentioned yeah, yeah if you had to pick the f- top what about oh. horror real quick did you, any, oh. you guys watch any horror because i i don't know if it actually came i thought it came out last year yeah. but um shoot i'm trying to remember the name of it now uh not haunting on hill house that was one of the other ones uh it's about an island it's on netflix an island on netflix a series and I will find it. It is called The Island? No. On Netflix? It's not like an island island. Um, It is the Netflix island? The island of N? (laughs) Trying trying to fill this uh... I know. (laughs) I'm looking it up too. Midnight Mass. Oh, I didn't watch that. Oh, yeah. I did watch that. I didn't watch that. I thought it was very good. I watched them on Amazon, which is was a super scary show. It was scary. I didn't actually Did it come out this year? watching it. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, you didn't actually watch it. You're a fan of horror. It was very, it was so, it's about this black family that moves to um, basically Compton, California, back when they de, or they get rid of redlining. Okay. So Compton used to be a really white suburban sort of neighborhood and then when black people when they got rid of redlining black people started moving to the neighborhood and white flight happened but this is this is like this black first black family moving in and so it's that it's the horror of that mm-hmm. whole scenario so it's almost real it's a little bit too realistic yeah but and their house is fucking haunted oh, oh <laughs> so nice. it's like a bunch of different things going yeah. on yeah but i think it's the the real life shit show of white people that made me not want to watch it because it's just like, you know. Ugh, scary. You reminded me, though, by saying Amazon, uh, The Expanse would be... Oh, I still haven't seen it. It, it. So technically, it's still... I mean, the last season started last year and it's still going on, so I can use it again next year for saying <laughs> yeah. top sci-fi, but it is such... Every year, it's amazing. Like uh, One amazing. of the things that I, I love the most about it is no... No villain is, is is like comic book villain. Everyone has a real reason and even though you may say that's wrong to do, in your those shoes you would probably do the same thing mm-hmm. and just the science of it all um, is as grounded as can be in a show. Um, even with space portals and stuff, like it just really is an amazing show. Yeah, they're like magic y super science, right? Uh, stuff that they introduce is literally just a plot device that they use to move. It's not something that affects any day-to-day action of even, like, the protagonists, right? And 
uh, all, such a great job of reflecting movement in space. That's hard, right? To go back to Star Trek, where two ships show up and fly around each other on the same plane, right? It's not three-dimensional. It's like there are 2D ships, and it's like, why are you upside down, right? Jokes have been made about no ships come in upside down. It's space. You can come from underneath. You can come from above. They usually tend to fly past each other, like they're cars or planes. Mm. But hmm. um, In this one, they don't. Right, they they do the 3D and momentum. The idea if you're going fast and you launch a missile, the missile starts as fast as you, and then it uses its jets and goes a little faster. Right, just the bullets shooting bullets, and they're just like flinging bullets out and hoping it penetrates a hull. Space leaks, all that stuff's really good. Yeah. So out of going back to again overall everything, would you pick the Expanse if you're gonna pick? No, I I just actually thought of something even better than that. Oh my gosh! That you haven't even said yet. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You go first. Maybe <laughs> I'll steal yours. <laughs> no, hundred percent. I will bet you all kinds of money that you won't. Okay. You won't even guess this. <laughs> Attack of the show. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That is has gotten me by for since summer when they started doing the beach house. G four is back and. I will never stop talking about it because I want it to be here forever. It has made me so happy, uh, reminiscing about old things and just some of the stupid shit they do, like the bits that they do. That's what I would love to write for, is just doing bits. Mm-hmm. And uh, as my, if there was anything that I had to just watch forever, it would be that. Mm. Mainly because it would be new content coming, but... It, it never gets old. I keep laughing my ass off. <laughs> so if we're going with out of the ones we've talked about, I would have to say Invincible, just because I really enjoyed that. Um, although Squid Game is right up there, too. I love it. I love when a show can get um, all Americans to watch, like, a foreign-made yeah. <laughs> show. Yep. Yeah. Um, but my actual favorite show of the whole year is not comic book or anything. It's podcast-related. Uh, it is Only Murders in the Building. Only murders on, in the building. On Hulu. Yeah, it okay. has Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez. Oh, I meant to watch. Um, I didn't know it was podcast related. Well, it, so the plot is that um, some a murder happens in their building, and so they start a podcast to try and solve the murder called... And they only cover murders in the building. So their podcast is called Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes along the line of like one of those... They're following like a true crime okay. podcast sort of model. It's hilarious. And murdery. Awesome. I'm going to cheat like Tony. And it said, it came out on the 29th, The Book of Boba Fett. Ah. Have you watched uh, episode two yet? I've watched the first two episodes. Okay, yeah. Um, and the third one will be coming out soon. Yeah. Um, but I, it's just, Star Wars gets me hype. And Star Wars done right is like my favorite thing in the world. Like that, you could come out. You come out with any anime any comic, any like action or sci-fi or comedy or those movies, if it's Star Wars, it'll beat everything else. If it's done right, right? If it's not, then I'll take a crap on it with everyone else, like the latest trilogy, right? There's so many mistakes made there. But like Book of Boba Fett gives me the same feeling that Mandalorian does. As a Star well, Wars fan. That's, so um, our friend, what's his name? Uh, who's doing that? John Favreau. Yes. He's just coming in to save another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And he, <laughs> I mean, doing. I know we talked about how, like, Joss Whedon used to be, like, the king of nerds, mm-hmm. right? 
Not anymore. Not at all. Oh God, right? no, it's Favreau for sure. And Favreau, and you know, I I gave a shout out to to um, Dave Filoni. So Dave Filoni did the the Clone Wars cartoons and directed that. And Dave Filoni is probably the closest thing we have to an inheritor of George Lucas. Directly mm-hmm. trained underneath them, communicated a lot with George Lucas about what's the story. And George Lucas is a great world builder. Sucks at script writing. Yeah, but. Between Filoni and Favreau, they've saved something that was like my childhood. Yeah. So I'm like, do you think we'll get to see the face of a Tuscan Raider? I oh. was thinking we we're going to. I'm thinking so. I there's been I so I looked this up the other day because there's there's a handful of times where they've demasked Tuscan Raiders, and it's been in like comic books. Yeah. So it's like it. It exists. It, it exists, but I don't know that they're using it as canon. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of, I'm, I love what they've done with Tuscan Raiders, um, and made them. Yeah, into, I used like, to just kind of hate them and think they're nothing, but now I'm right. like, oh, they're badass. Yeah. And here's the thing, right? This gives a lot of weight to Anakin slaying them wholesale, as his turn into Darth Vader. Right? You're like, oh, they actually have like family, right? And <laughs> they have children, and they have, um, you know, before you're like, yeah, but, but there's. They're sand people, you know, and they're just kind of like scavengers. So if Anakin, you know, all right, you killed a bunch of them, but all right, you know, whatever. <laughs> I kidnapped your mom. And yeah. So now, now it kind of makes you think, oh, maybe Anakin, maybe Darth Vader is a bad guy. Right. Yeah. Do you have a favorite cartoon series? I know you like uh, watching a lot of those, Lens. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously Invincible's on there, but I also really loved Masters of the Universe. That was that was great. Um, I think that's... That's my... I had a third one, Love, Death, and Robots. Oh, yeah, uh, that was good, season too. Season two? Yeah, season right? two yeah, came yeah. out. Yeah. I mean, I could put some other ones that my niece and nephews watch, like Bluey. That's kind of cute, but... Everyone's talking about that show. Um, actually, And actually, no, uh, I'd also put uh, Arcane. I just started watching that. Oh, through it. my gosh. It's well, So, let it be known... It has a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. Last I checked. Really? It has a perfect review score hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think it deserves it. Is that, that's based on League, League of Legends, Legends which yep. is what, a MMO? It's a, uh, shoot, what do they call them? Arena. Oh, like, um, uh, what's another one? That's Dota is another one. Uh, so League of Legends is the biggest one. Dota and Heroes of the Storm is a Blizzard one. Mm-hmm. So it's like an arena battler. It's five on five, top down. Okay. Looking, um, but so, League of Legends, the company Riot who created it, right? They created. If you ever want to see what a you know, gaming company who makes music videos does, they're like the best music videos I've ever seen, and they just make them for their characters, right? They'll have they make these like mini super teams of like sometimes they're just K-pop stars, sometimes they've got like rappers, like modern rappers. Um, mixed in, they had um, one that was like all K-pop stars, and then one like pop, like American pop star. Mm. Mixed together, they make these super bands. They do pair them with a character that looks kind of like them, and then they have that character sing the song virtually, and they put their voice to it, right? And they do all these music videos. So they've that's what this company does outside <laughs> of the game, right? And so when they made the show, I was afraid that. It was just going to be if you don't know anything about League of Legends, and you're not going to enjoy it. You you don't have to know anything. Yeah, about it's League of Legends cool, to watch. Uh, it. Gotcha. Fantasy type world. If you know about the character, you see you get to like 
more detail of like how these characters got what their you know weapons or powers or whatever it is but outside of that that you don't get anything extra so really really good highly recommend it i like that what if wasn't on your list I mean, it was there, but I mean, if we're really picking favorites, yeah. and really, hands down, I think Invincible, that just blew me out of the water. Yeah, that train, man. The, <laughs> yes, that train. That's what I was going to say. That, that I've, I can't get that out of my head. That and then some of the memes that came from that, too, have been just mm-hmm. great. Um, what about anime, Linz? I don't have an answer <laughs> for that question. You can just pick, pick an old one. It's probably still well, going I on. used to watch Inuyasha. That's the one I used to watch all the time. They make a new, made a new one. Did they? Inuhime, I think oh. is her name. And it's like their daughter. Oh. Adventures of daughter. I haven't watched it. But... You can get back into it. That's yeah. your gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say probably Demon Slayer. And that's my number two. Mine was Seven Deadly Sins. Mm-hmm. However, I did uh, finish, I caught up uh, this past year on Attack on Titan and the first half of their last season was this year, so that kind of counts. Yep. That is, that's a gateway anime for a lot of people, and that is really well done, mm-hmm. and I can't wait. That's finishing this year. So. It had a weird second season where the animation was kind of off, and people were like, what's going on? And then they switched studios, and then it just kicked ass from there. I would say, though, for me, and I don't know if it came out this past year, but I know I watched it this last summer, so it was new to me. How to pick up girls in a dungeon was oh, just. God, I remember you talking about. Yeah, that show. <laughs> I showed you pictures of yeah. it too. It, it's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, yeah. it really, really good. With boobs. But yes, with boobs. Um. Also, I think it was this year, Castlevania. Oh, yeah, they Castlevania did have ended, a new yeah. season this year. Yeah. Yeah. So that was awesome. real. And that last season was so good. And kudos to the team for remembering that they came from a video game. Because the final villain battle just looks like a boss fight. It looks like an in-game boss fight. You have this giant skeletal... Well, that was the second transformation because there's still the fight before that, too. phases and... I mean, you guys, if you imagine from, like, a panned-out view, you see a gigantic Grim Reaper skeleton creature, like, only the top half of his body, right? And then your hero is this little human-sized character on a floating platform in the mm. sky in this swirling tornado. It's like, this is exactly what they do in video games. And they made a really cool animated fight nice. about it. And a good, the story's decent. So, good listening for that. Do you have a favorite video game or anything? <sighs> Gosh. Uh, honestly, this year was sucked for video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, just in general, because uh, this year, what 2021 was the year that the delays of COVID caught up with the gaming industry. 2020 was an excellent year for games. 2021 had almost nothing. The Spider-Man game is really good. Um, but you had like PS5. You, good luck getting a PlayStation 5 or the new Xbox. Um, everybody was either working from home or not working at all. Studios were shut down. So there wasn't a whole lot. So I actually spent a lot of my year gaming nostalgically. Played a lot of games that I've already played before. Rocket League is still good. I was going to say, so I had written down favorite mobile game, but then I realized, well, I mean, there's not a lot of new mobile games that Mm -hmm. came out this last year. Rocket League Sideswipe, have you downloaded that yet? I haven't yet, no. It's it's addicting. I've played, and I haven't played a lot of regular Rocket League, but that they made a mobile one that feels Mm -hmm. kind of like the home console one, uh, 
that's my favorite mobile game of this year. I will recommend there are two games. I was looking up a list and I re- remembered one. It's called It Takes Two. It's what won Game of the Year. Oh, the yeah, you talked year, about it, right? I think. Yep, so I brought it up on one of the... Just because it's so good. It's cooperative. It's two people, split screen. You don't have you to never s- asked me to play with you? Well, a friend of mine, David and I played with it. Oh, I, I see. I didn't you. even know. He actually played it with Jeremy without me, and then I was second... Boy, probably. You know, second <laughs> fiddle, right? So we broke up. No. <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's about a couple who's about to get a divorce. Their child cries onto a magic book and the magic book turns them into dolls two of her dolls oh. and they have you go on an adventure cooperating to get through different puzzles and uh, platforms and stuff but and that's that's great and the mechanics are fun and like each new world had a new mechanic the first one starts one person has a hammer and one person has nails so you, the one person well the person throws the nails and the person the hammer can swing on them right and so you each have half of a of a total weapon sounds of interesting. some form, right, to get to the levels. And there's an ice level where you literally end up spending, like, an hour just going around ice skating and playing, like, winter games, like, <laughs> snowball fights and stuff. And it's just, like, you this really... It's weird because you're playing with a friend. It's an excellent game to play with, a, like, significant other. It's a little weird when you're playing with a friend because your characters are slowly falling back in love more and more. Ah. But... Um, That's yeah, funny. it won Game of the Year. It deserves it. Honorable mention would go to for me Deathloop. Deathloop is a game where you replay the same day over and over again, but you can do something different each time you do the loop. There's like four phases. Groundhog's day. day of the video game. Happy, it kind of is. Yeah. Happy Death Day. It, and that's really what it is. But the, yeah. the difference is, is that in order to break the loop, you have to kill all six of the leaders on the same day. But in order to do that. You have to go through many days of investigation for how to get them because there's like, there's more than uh, six areas. You can't get them all in the same area at the same time. And so you need to kill three here, two here, you know, two here kind of thing. And hmm. you have to manipulate them all to get in those specific positions. And so there's like fun. investigation, you have to keep notes. It's a very cool game. I like the art on it. Looks like a 70s grindhouse yes. thing. It has that same feel. The weapons have that vibe it's a lot of like revolvers but like a little bit fancy and um so highly recommend that one if you like those kinds of games you guys um, got any other favorites from the past year of just any topic whatsoever oh gosh my favorite vacation was st <laughs> <Saint> thomas <laughs> <laughs> to the warm yeah so you're really messing it right now yeah, yeah. oh my god it's terrible right now Tony, our favorite, we we have to cover our favorite Tony word. Oh, yeah, can't forget. Titillazing. 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 Which I have since surmised is a combination of the words titillating and tantalizing. When neither do the job, <laughs> you need to work work together. And titillating titillazers. <laughs> you guys know what you need to do, though, without me knowing, is seriously have a book and write down this shit. I know. Shit. I, mean, I had... A I, Twitter would be a, the, like the best option, like Shit Tony Says. I did have a... I had one Instagram post that is labeled Shit Tony Says, and then the next one was labeled Shit Tony Wears, and it was his <laughs> beard into um, like beard buns. He had like two oh, little poofs yeah, yeah. on his yep. face. <laughs> That's on our Instagram. The people have been demanding it, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah, if you're... 
people listening, if you're not following our Instagram, um, then you should. It's just Drunk on Comics. That's what, all of our contact information is literally just. We were Drunk first on, on the scene. Yeah. <laughs> socials. We we have the ability to be like, check out our socials at Drunk on Comics. That's all you got to say, and it's yep. like on everything. Yep. What an advantage. That is an advantage. Uh, I guess I'll end with the last favorite. Uh, anyone got any new favorite alcoholic beverage or drinks that you tried the last year? For me, I and these don't have to be new because obviously they could just be something new that you found. Um, for me, it was Space Rex by Fremont Brewing. It's a hazy IPA. And uh, back up to that as well was Blueberry uh, Braggart from Founders. Okay. And, uh, or it's Braggart, not with the R there, but. Uh, well, I'm a big fan of the the Brewer Untitled Art, and there's not a lot of their stuff that I won't just really enjoy. My favorite is, it's hard to qualify them as beers, and I think they actually, this this one that I love the most, the Rocket Pop Fizz or whatever that they call it. It tastes like, a, like uh-huh. an actual melted Rocket Pop. And the first year they called it the Rocket Pop uh, like Sour. And then this year they called it the Seltzer. <laughs> Which <laughs> makes way more sense. Um, so it really anything... I've really gotten into cocktails this year though instead of beer. So I've just been rocking cocktails. I do have a favorite cocktail. Do you? Uh, it is called the Winter Bourbon Smash. Um, I had it earlier this year, and it is uh, jam mm. of choice. So like mm-hmm. raspberry, blueberry jam, strawberry. That's why whatever. it's called a smash. Yep, and then bourbon, triple sec, and orange juice. Ooh, yep. yeah, very sweet, right? Because bourbon itself is like one of the sweeter liquors you can get. Combining it with literal jam, which is just like sugar and fruit, mm-hmm. right? Um, not it's co- meant to be cool. Put a couple ice cubes in it, sip it, really mix it, right? You're working with jam, really shake yeah. that bad boy when you're mi- mixing it um, so it doesn't come out gloopy, but it's it's really good. Oh, allow you to make that for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll even purchase the ingredients. Wow. I just need you to what make a it. What a deal. Because I don't know how to mix all those together. You just literally, you throw them in a shaker and you, you shake. shake. We have a... Um... A cider place up the street from where we're recording now, not Vandermill, Pucks, has a tasting room up on Fuller right now for those people who live in Grand Rapids and those in the room. Um, they have a, a pet nap, which just means that the it's so it's a cider that was aged on its skins, and oh my God, it is if you don't like sweet hard ciders then it's perfect it there's just like almost no sweetness to it at all but it still tastes appley really good that's good and it's pucks with an x pucks with an x now that we are in 2022 what are you guys looking forward to this year <sighs> well i would say mcu number what well, is a big thing for me i always love i love the pacing that they have in it and Multiverse of Madness is happening, and Doctor Strange is my yep. favorite Marvel character. So he gets like, I mean, the first Doctor Strange was, was good, but I feel like this is like, he's the keystone of the new phase. So going forward, at some level, so I'm excited for that. Listen, there's a shit ton of indie movies that are coming out this year, and I don't want to bore you guys with that list, but that is what I'm looking forward to All the right. most. <laughs> 
Like but, indie foreign or like all just all kinds of. I feel the twenty twenty I think was a really great year for like legit indie films because they had to do them on small budgets and small casts. So yep. I think we're gonna kind of maybe go back to the nineties a little bit with the indie content, and that makes me very excited. That's a decade that honestly hasn't been visited enough. It was a weird decade for like fashion music and stuff, yeah. grunge and weird weird jeans mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I think it. It's a perfect setting for any movies. Yeah. Well, well, all the movies and the music from that time are the best. Yes. <laughs> I mean, Doctor Strange is one of them. Uh, the Boys is coming yes. out in yes. June. and it's like season three? Yes. Wow. Which it seems like it's been for... It should have come out this year. Yeah. Uh, I recently rewatched the first episode with a friend to get her to start watching it. And she laughed her ass off and then she's been texting me about stuff that's happening. Baby laser. I lied. I lied <laughs> some things to like make her think that some of the people might be good, and they're like, "This person sucks." I go, "Oh yeah, I was just wanted you to not like think that they're all assholes right away until you found out that they pretty much they are." are yeah. um, saga comes out oh, soon. Uh, yeah, the end of this month. Yeah, that that's coming back is such probably hands down could be up there with one of the greatest comic books yeah. ever written. I know that all of us in this room have had the opportunity to read it. Um, I've had the yeah. opportunity. I haven't. Oh, opportunity. But I've had the opportunity. Okay, I yeah. see. They're currently sitting on uh, my pile of to-dos. You, I'm telling you, you'll start it, and then it'll be done before you know it. Mm-hmm. And it, then you'll be like, honestly, I need more. And yeah. But you won't have to have waited, I don't know, three, four years for yeah. it like we have. Yeah. Actually, so I'm going to wait till the night before. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but most importantly, what I'm looking forward to is more G4. Ah. I want. I want to work there. I want to do everything. I, I Tony is. Biggest... Tony talked to me the other day about planning a trip to visit our friend, my uh, co-founder Beth, uh, in California, oh, right, and then right. swing by the G Four Studios while we're out there. <laughs> oh, fun stuff! And just bang on the window and be like, Kevin, he loves you. Please <laughs> <Yes>. come out. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, but the whole last year. Uh, Got by with a little help from my friends. Clerks three you. comes out this year. How could well, I have forgotten that? Oh my to. god! Kevin Smith. Oh. <laughs> and the Batman. I'm really excited about that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but more so, Clerks three. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, I was trying to say something sentimental, and you're like, "Oh, oh Kevin Smith, the friends who got us through the hard yeah, times." Yeah. <laughs> I guess Anthony, thank you for for being here. I Not interrupting Lynn's. I'm also looking forward to more d and I'm starting up a new campaign that's, like, for everybody. And it's just, like, you come whenever you can. It's two hours long. Hmm. Bring what you can experience with new characters. It's not, like, super involved. And so people can just try it out. And I'm excited for that. Nice. Yep. And with that, uh, I guess stay thirsty for all that life has in store for Drunk on Comics. We're going to get the year we deserve. 2020. This year or just eventually? <laughs> eventually. Oh, okay, okay. I don't get my hopes up too much. You're like, I bet you knew something about 2022. We know it's 2022. <laughs> right back to square one. Uh.